Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. I'm recording this episode on May 1st of 2019, and I think this is probably going to be a really big episode of the podcast. We've got a whole bunch of things to talk about. There was potentially an algorithm update, although it's sort of muddied because Google uh, had these issues recently with de-indexing pages. So we'll talk about that. There seem to be a lot of bugs happening, happening on Google's side, so we'll see if we can figure out what's happening there. I've got big news for sites that have manual actions. You definitely want to listen to this if your site has a manual action. Um, There's been some discussion asking whether Google is thinking of removing the disavow tool. Uh, Spoiler alert, they're not, but I'll talk about what the discussion is because we can uh, learn a bit of stuff by talking about this. And then the other thing that we're going to talk about is whether Google is going to start charging small businesses for certain things that are currently free in Google My Business. Uh, This is a really, really big thing. And uh, the SEO community, the local SEO community has certainly been talking about this a lot. So let's jump right in. We will start with a potential algorithm update. So Barry Schwartz wrote about maybe something happening on April 26th of 2019. And uh, I see some odd things happening in Google Analytics patterns for traffic uh, for sites that we monitor. Um, I give an example in the news letter of a site that started seeing a drop around the time where Google started dropping pages out of the index. So, you know, we had just attributed that to pages being lost um, in the index. And uh, this drop has not recovered. Now, apparently this de-indexing bug is fixed. uh, And it seems like the drop just kind of got worse as of April 26th. Um, This is a site that saw really, really big improvements uh, just a few months ago. So, you know, the drops that they're seeing, they're still dramatic up and they're not too worried. But we have other clients as well that are seeing just slight changes on April 26th. And I can't really tie them together. Uh, At this point, I do think that somehow it's connected to the de-indexing bug. We had a client ask us, and this is a really good question. If let's say my site was linked to by a whole bunch of pages that were dropped out of Google's index, it kind of makes sense that my traffic is going to see a decline. Um, you know, if links matter and then Google drops those pages from the index. Uh, now, with that said, I think most of the pages that were dropped from the index were sort of lower quality pages. But still, I think a lot of people's traffic is just going to be really, really messed up for the end of April. Um, and it's not easy for us to see and kind of dig into this because often what we'll do is, you know, we'll back stuff up that we're, if we're not sure about what we're seeing in Google Analytics, we'll back it up with what we're seeing in Google Search Console, but Search Console is messed up as well. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in this podcast episode. So April 26th, I don't know yet whether I'm going to call this an algorithm update. Uh, I think probably it's not. Um, I don't think we've really had any requests for sites that specifically saw big drops uh, around that time. Um, So if you saw drops, I would imagine that these are going to start to return. I could certainly be wrong on this. And definitely if I get more information on what's happening, I'll share that with you in newsletter and with uh, upcoming podcast episodes. So uh, there's another bug with Google indexing. I 
kind of feel like Google is doing something big with, do you remember when caffeine first came out? That was uh, Google's attempt, uh, Chrome uh, became able to instantly show us results. It wasn't always that way. And, you know, when caffeine came out, it was a whole change to the engine of Google. Uh, The way I understand it, it was like everything was just programmed to work differently. Um, And I almost feel like at some point Google's going to come out and say, hey, by the way, we like, we used to program everything in Python and we changed to something else. Or I I feel like Google is making some massive changes uh, in their structure and it is causing things to break. So the latest bug, uh, not even the latest, (laughs) one of the more recent bugs is that there's something, um, I'll just read you the tweet that came from Google themselves. uh, And this was tweeted on April 25th. Oh, that's actually really interesting. That was tweeted the day before the potential April 26 algorithm update that I thought might be related to um, this bug. So you know what? I think it probably is. Here's what Google tweeted. We're aware for some pages there's an issue where we may have selected an unrelated canonical URL. Um, I'll just jump in here with my thoughts. So basically for those of you who are new to SEO, the canonical means, you know, if Google sees two pages that are essentially the same, they'll choose one as a canonical. But what they were doing was uh, apparently just, you know, canonicalizing a whole bunch of pages that shouldn't have been uh, canonicalized. And so I'll go on to read from them. In turn, comma, breadcrumb trails on mobile might reflect the unrelated URLs. In rare cases, it might prevent proper indexing. We've been fixing this and we'll update when resolved. So what they mean by this breadcrumb thing is that um, you'll see it in the search results, you know, so you might see if you do a search for Marie Haynes Consulting, you might see individual jump links to things like our services, our Um, or, you know, a better example would be an article. Like if we have an article on, um, I have an article on pure spam penalties and there may be individual sections in that article that have jump links from the SERPs. Uh, some of those individual sections, I believe Google has put, uh, not in my case, but in other sites, the wrong links there. And I don't know if they're links to other people's sites. I kind of feel like they're not. The point that I'm trying to get at though, is that this just messes up analysis, um, Um, So, you know, if you're trying to do any sort of analysis on traffic patterns near the end of April and things just aren't lining up, it may possibly be a bug on Google's side. Uh, We don't have this in this week's newsletter because I only just a couple of hours came across this problem, but I'm having problems fetching and rendering pages in the new search console, the new live test. I'm finding every, almost every site that I'm testing either shows me pages that are missing CSS or completely blank pages. And we're trying to figure out, you know, is this a problem for, because we were doing it to try to figure out why one of our clients' pages was no longer ranking. Um, So, you know, I don't know what's happening on Google's side. So let's talk about another Google bug. And this is a really big deal for some sites. Uh, I'm going to talk about sites that have a manual action. So a manual action is essentially like a penalty. Um, There's a little bit of difference. I mean, you can potentially get a manual action and not see a drop in traffic, but many of them, most of them do result in traffic drops. So if you're not sure if you have a manual action, you can go to the new search console and in the left sidebar, you'll see manual actions. And um, so we are known for doing manual action work and we almost always have some clients that we're working on manual actions for. It really slowed down for a few years, but Google has been starting to give out more of them now. So we have quite a few clients that you know we're working on manual actions for and all but one of them have had their manual actions disappear. 
So for these clients, uh, one of them was brand new to us. And uh, as of just a few days ago, they received an email from Google saying they had an unnatural links manual action. Their manual actions viewer showed us the manual action. We can see it because we could see it was a partial manual action for unnatural links. And uh, today, when you go into the manual actions viewer, it says no issues detected with a green check mark. Um, and then we check this for a number of our other clients that we're working on manual actions for. And same thing, it says no issues detected. So I reached out to John Mueller and initially he said, oh, that seems kind of weird. Um, and he looked into one of the sites that I uh, said, you know, hey, this site just got their manual action because manual actions can expire. If you have been working for a long time on a manual action and then it disappears, it may have just expired. And even if that happens, you still want to go ahead with the disavow work because if Google's pointed out unnatural links, then you do not want their algorithms to be uh, calculating these links as well. So, um, uh, you know... <laughs> It's hard to say exactly what's happening here. Uh, John Mueller, I, I told him uh, one of the sites that we were working on gave him the URL and he checked and he said this site does have a manual action on it. Uh, and so it's weird that the search console is not showing it. So I know this is really disappointing to some people. There are some of you out there that think that your Google penalty disappeared. I think that it probably will come back. Now, there's a theory that we have that's way out there and I don't think that this is true, but it's fun to talk about, or maybe it's not. Um, the theory is, I mean, there's been a little bit of discussion lately on whether Google's going to keep the disavow tool. And who knows, maybe uh, Google has made it so that they are super comfortable with, idealing, uh, with dealing with unnatural links algorithmically. And uh, maybe they'll make it so that we don't need the disavow tool, we don't need manual actions, Google's just good at counting this stuff. I don't think that this is the case. Honestly, I think it's a bug. I think that uh, I've just checked just before recording podcasts and the manual actions are still not there. So we'll see if they come back. Uh, if you're a newsletter subscriber, um, I'm going to send you an email whenever the manual actions come back or whenever we find more information about this. So you can sign up for that at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. Um, let's see here. We'll move on. Okay, so when the de-indexing bug happened, uh, and this started April 5th, I believe, um, and uh, lasted for as long as, you know, until just recently, Search Console has not caught up with this. It seems that whatever data was there from April 9th to 25th was just replaced with the data from April 26th. Uh, and so it's not accurate. It's basically the same, you know, if you're looking at how many impressions a particular keyword had, uh, whatever it had on April 26th, you're going to see that exact same thing from April 9th to 25th. Um, I don't know if this is going to be fixed. I don't know if Google's lost this data, but again, something is breaking uh, with Google. I want to go back to the discussion on the disavow tool. Um, the reason why we're talking about this and whether Google was getting rid of it is because there was a Reddit thread. So John Mueller has been posting in Reddit quite a few times and uh, we can get re really good information from his posts on there. Uh, and I think he asked for feedback. Um, somebody was asking why you can't reach the disavow tool from new search console. Uh, you couldn't reach it from old search console. Google has put it in its own place uh, where you can only get to it if you know what you're doing. I mean, you can get to it by just searching for disavow tool, uh, but they want to make sure that 
regular site owners who are not experienced in using the disavow tool um, have less opportunity to use it and mess up their sites if they don't know what they're doing. So um, some interpreted uh, John's question on, you know, what do you think we should do with it uh, to mean that Google was considering considering getting rid of it? I really don't see that being the case, even if there was a possibility that manual actions are going away, which again, I don't think is the case. We still would need the disavow tool um, because uh, we have seen cases where algorithmically unnatural links can cause Google to look look at your entire link profile with a level of distrust. And this, I thoroughly believe that this can impact rankings. Um, I'm going to skip over a few things because I think that uh, this is going to be way too long of an episode otherwise. Uh, if you want to get all of the information, uh, this is episode um, number 80, I believe, or is it 81? see here, 81, episode number 81. And uh, you can find it at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. And you'll see the most recent May 1st is this episode. Let's talk a little bit about footer links. So um, we one of the manual actions that we're working on right now is for a web design company. And it's pretty common practice when you're web design that, and I'm sure some of you listening to this are doing this, where, and I've actually done it years ago, I did some web design. Um, you'd uh, put in your template for your, um, you know, let's say you made WordPress templates. You would put in the footer web design by, uh, you know, and I used to say my company used to be called HIS Web Marketing. So I would say web design by HIS Web Marketing. And in most cases, I would link back with my brand name pointing to my website. Um, and technically, you know, if you wanted to be completely within Google's guidelines, that should be a no followed link. I have an article that I wrote several years ago uh, that outlines everything that John Mueller had said and Google um, had said up to this point on what is and isn't accessible, uh, except on footer links. And uh, you can find that. I've linked to it in the newsletter. The reason why I'm bringing this up is that I noticed somebody else who was having an issue with uh, manual actions disappearing was tweeting at John Mueller, and he also had uh, a web design site. So I think Google probably is starting to crack down on links in footers. Now, initially, what this will mean is a lot of sites are going to get manual actions. And then my theory is what Google does is they learn from these manual actions. Actions. They learn and they see, you know, okay, they're removing links. How are site owners removing links? What kind of links? Maybe some site owners have shown the web spam team things like, hey, uh, this particular type of link is one that we used as a link scheme. And so we're going to take it down and the web spam team can learn from that. So, and then down the road, it wouldn't surprise me if we have a big algorithm update where we're going to see a lot of drops in sites that have abused links in footers. And I know I have just caused a lot of people to feel ill probably. Um, if your rankings are based primarily on links from footers, then I, you're walking on shaky ground. Um, the post that I've linked to in the newsletter that talks about what is and isn't accessible or acceptable for footer links is uh, it talks about some things that you can do to sort of um, get links from your clients that you've done web design for in ways that are not going to get you penalized. So I would encourage you to read that. Uh, just a little bit of news about Google. Eric Schmidt, who has been with Google for 18 years on the board uh, and also CEO of Google, is stepping down. And he's going to be taking an advisory role, a technical advisor uh, to Google and Alphabet, the parent company for Google. Um, so that's kind of interesting news. I'm not sure what's happening, who's stepping up uh, in his place. Um, doesn't really affect our uh, actions as SEOs, but I know a lot of you are probably interested in that. Um, 
This is kind of interesting. A couple people have noticed that uh, they're seeing a Q&A in the search results. And I'm not talking about the Google My Business Q&A. Uh, I'm talking about actual organic search results. So SEMrush actually posted a video showing this in action in the Google searches. And there's uh, they did a search for, I want to say it was like best phone to buy or something like that. And um some boxes came up in the search results that basically encouraged the user who's doing the search to answer the question. Uh, do you have an answer to this question? I don't know what this is. You know, I don't know if um, uh, Google is trying to uh, all of a sudden become the answer to everything and make it so that we don't need websites anymore. Um, but I want to pay attention to this. You know, I want to know if it's something that we can potentially, I don't want to say manipulate, but use to our advantage. So stay tuned for more information on that. Somebody asked a, a really good question. Um, you know, we talked about these links that would appear in the search results. Um, so the example, uh, Mark Sampson asked this on Twitter. Uh, he showed an example of Dick's Sporting Goods, and they have these jump links in the search results for men's running shoes, women's running shoes, Nike running shoes. Um, and what, uh, what Mark wanted to know is in Search Console, if somebody gets shown that result, so there's a link to uh, Dick Sporting Goods, page on running shoes and then there's three different jump links underneath to um, other pages uh, or sections on that page I guess uh, by Dick Sporting Good and what he wanted to know is is that one impression in search console or is it four impressions and it turns out it is just one um, kind of what I thought but I know uh, other people have asked that similar type of question before as well um Let's see what else we can cover here. Uh, there was another interesting question by somebody who asked John Mueller about this site that saw a massive spike in traffic, like in the nature of, you know, more than a million visitors and, uh, or no, sorry, that wasn't traffic, impressions. And, uh, and then it dropped down again after um, just a, a couple of weeks, I believe. And uh, John Mueller said, you know, without any more context, that looks more like things went back to the previous steady state. Sometimes sites suddenly get a lot of visibility, which is awesome, but that doesn't mean it'll stick around. Um, and so... This is interesting. You know, I talk about this thing I'm sure exists that I call a honeymoon boost. And I think that Google can give it to new pages, to new websites. Um, if you have, or even pages where they suddenly, the algorithms change and they recognize, oh, there might be actually stuff on this page that users will find more useful than what we're currently ranking number one. So when that happens, I do think sometimes Google can boost a page into very high rankings. And what they're trying to do is figure out, do people actually click this page? Does having this page in our rankings actually enhance people's search experience? And if so, then that page can stay ranking well. And if not, it jumps back to where it was. So if you have seen that where you all of a sudden you're ranking really well and, um, you know, then you're not ranking well <laughs> again, it may be that Google was testing you with a honeymoon boost. And if that's the case, if you drop back to regular rankings, it might be worthwhile taking a good look at that content and comparing it to what's currently ranking to see what you could add so that maybe if this happens again, Google will recognize this page is really the best of its kind. Uh, and and that should be our goal for all of the content that we're creating. Um, this was an interesting uh, tip from John Mueller again on guidance on when to use structured data. So uh, and my apologies for flipping back and forth between data and data. I've mentioned this before. I'm trying really hard to say data, although I think both are applicable, but most people say data. But I don't know. It's really a silly thing to talk about. Structured data. 
John said that uh, you don't need to mark up like absolutely everything. He said structured data should be representative of the primary object on the page. If the page is a collection of links to articles, that's not an article. So I know there's a lot of SEOs. I think I've probably said this before. Schema everything. You know, schema, mark up everything that can be marked up but use common sense. So a common area where this is misused is where people try to get review stars on things that don't actually have reviews. Um, and so if you're adding schema for things that don't actually exist on the page, you could potentially do more harm than good. Um, let's see here. This was a cool little tip uh, from Glenn Alsop. And uh, he said, if you're trying to find out when a website was created or when uh, a business rebranded or something like that, he says, open up the logo on almost any WordPress website and look at the folder structure to see what date they uploaded that image. So you can look at, because uh, um, WordPress tends to put things in folders that are based on year and month. So that's kind of a cool trick trick that we could uh, take advantage of. Um, this is interesting too. I did not know this. Thank you to Dan Schur for this tip. If you, um, I, I'm sure we've all done this where lately Google has been showing us our search console results from the search results. So for example, if I rank for uh, Google penalty expert and I do a search for that, I'll see um, in the search results my search console um, data for clicks and impressions and average position and things like that, um, that can be annoying because I don't want to see my own results, especially if I'm taking a screenshot for clients. I mean, yes, I could go into incognito and do it, but uh, a lot of the time it's just kind of annoying. So apparently when you see those results, there's a drop down that says, uh, don't show search console results for this site or for any of my sites. So I did not know that. So if you're tired of seeing that, you can opt out of it, apparently. Another thing you can opt out of is featured snippets. So this is a very interesting story. Apparently, Wikipedia had a page that had a very incorrect featured snippet. Uh, if you, uh, and I'm not sure if this is still the case now, but if you did a search for how many legs does a horse have, I'm not sure how many people will do that search, but how many legs does a horse have? Uh, the answer that Wikipedia gave, and it got pulled into a featured snippet, was six legs. Um, and uh, it's funny because it says, all horses have two legs at the back. They also have four legs at the front. Get it? Four legs, the front legs. That makes a total of six legs. <laughs> But six is an odd number of legs for a horse to have. I'm including this because uh, apparently somebody at Wikipedia decided that the way to get this out of a featured snippet was to no-index the page. Um, and so there's better options than that. I mean, definitely improving the content so that it better answers the question would be the best option. But another thing that a lot of people don't know about is that you can actually add a no-snippet tag. So it's very similar to a robot's no-index tag. Uh, uh, you can say content equals no snippet and Google will not show snippets from the content on that page. But this is not just for featured snippets. It's, if you use this, it will also take out your regular snippet. So you'll end up, um, you know, having nothing under the URL that is there. Uh, I don't know if that impacts your ability to rank. I'm guessing no. But I would use that with caution. Uh, I don't think I've ever used it practically uh, in, in my career so far. Uh, Phil Wade gave us a very cool tip that if you are creating a Google Doc and then you want to um, create a PDF, you can take the URL of that Google Doc and replace slash edit that's at the end of the URL 
with slash PDF, and it'll just auto-create a PDF of the document. I did not know that, and we will definitely be using that. Um, we tend to repre- uh, present our reports as uh, PDFs, so that'll be a helpful thing for us to, uh, to use. Somebody asked um, John Mueller about what Google thinks if two sites use the same checkout flow and site template. We see this all the time. We see sites that potentially have different divisions and maybe, you know, their baby clothes are on a different subdomain than their adult clothes. And uh, uh, if you go to buy something, you still check out on the adult clothes uh, website. So um, this is okay provided that you're not doing it on a massive scale. So what, uh, and Glenn Gabe pulled this out of one of John Mueller's help hangouts. He said, uh, this is what John Mueller said, if two sites are sharing the same checkout flow and site template, that's fine from Google's end. But if you have many different sites, like 100 plus, using the same setup, then this can look like doorway pages or sites and watch out. So I think, you know, in most cases, if you've got a couple of sites that are closely related, you're not trying to do anything sketchy trying to like manipulate your rankings you just it makes more sense for your users for you to have separate sites separate subdomains um, and all ending up with the same uh, flow for checkout that's totally okay Um, let's see what else here. Oh, this was another interesting and controversial thing. So this was a great article by Bill Hartzer. He was asking whether Firefox was blocking Google Analytics and other trackers. So Firefox came out with this announcement that, uh, they are now going to be blocking trackers by default. Um, and so this is a bit of a concern, right? Because, uh, if you get people coming to your site from Firefox and you can't track them in Google Analytics, this is going to cause some problems. It turns out that this is only the case after this is judged uh, based on Bill's tests that he's done. This is only the case for people who are browsing in Firefox's incognito mode, uh, which I believe is called private browsing window, Um, a private window. That's what it is. And uh, so if people are browsing your site from a private Firefox window, they may not register as visitors on search on uh, Google Analytics. And for most of you, that's not a big deal. But I think some of you have sites that, uh, um, you know, deal with adult issues and uh, or things that other people would tend to search from uh, incognito, you know, even things that are talking about health issues where people are embarrassed to search for that. Um, You may find that those pages uh, are seeing fewer visits. And that's probably because people who are searching from private browsers. It'd be interesting to see, uh, actually, I should probably test whether Chrome Incognito causes that as well, or whether Incognito searches uh, trigger a Google Analytics visit as well. We'll have to uh, play around with that and see what we can find out. Um, totally not an SEO news, but just a quick thing about Twitter. Uh, if you've ever tried to export your data from Twitter, uh, they've apparently increased how much you can get. Uh, So um, somebody named Cable or Cabell uh, tweeted that they exported their data uh, a little while ago and it it was a 42 megabyte file. Um, And today it was three gigabytes. uh, JSON-based archive of everything. Followers, direct messages, all of your media, your photos and your videos. So if you have stuff that's on Twitter that, you know, I I think I'm probably just going to download this in case Twitter ever goes away. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in there, so we'll probably do that. Um, 
Let's see here. Going back to Q&A. So we talked about potentially Q&A in organic search results. Uh, most of you know that there is Q&A also available in Google My Business results. Something that Colin Nielsen noted was that uh, Google is starting to auto-suggest some answers when you start typing a question into Q&A. So this is interesting because um, it's important to know that you know you still you can ask your own questions in Q&A. So if you know a lot of you know, if you want people to know that, hey, my business has this cool feature that people tend to be looking for in businesses like mine, then get some questions on your GMB Q&A about that feature. And then if other people are asking questions, you've already pre-populated the answers uh, to be what exactly what you want to present for your business. So um, as people are asking new questions, then hopefully your pre-crafted answers are going to be the ones that Google auto suggests uh, to people. Um, let's talk about the potential for Google to be monetizing GMB. Uh, this came up on the weekend. I think it was Sunday because I, I, I'm doing really well at not doing a lot of work on the weekends. Uh, but then, you know, lately there's been so much Google news that I just couldn't help but get sucked back into Twitter over the weekend. Um, and I saw a number of people tweeting about this survey that Google uh, has put out, um, gave to a bunch of business owners. The survey was talking about potentially paid services. So Andrew from Optimizee has this great article. I've linked to it from the newsletter that actually shows the questions that are in the survey. Um, I, I did most of the survey and basically what they're asking is uh, whether you would be interested in paying for certain things. Uh, they have different packages with different features and some of these features are things like um, would you pay for ads? Okay well that's that's understandable. Google's doing that now. One of them is would you pay to have ads from other competitors removed from your Google My Business profile? It's interesting. There were quite a few other questions as well of things um, that uh, Google may want to organize from their end. They want to charge, uh, according to the survey, anything from $20 to $70 a month. Now, my tweet was that I think that this could impact, if they went ahead with this, this could impact the local SEO industry. I'm not saying that $20 to $70 a month services from Google are going to replace a smart and um you know, intelligent SEO working on your site. Um, most of us know the value of SEO, but the average small business owner might not know that. And I think that there are people that will say, look, I wanted to get somebody who could just tell me how to get my listing seen. And maybe Google is making that easier uh, for as much as little as 20 bucks a month. Yeah, I, I, I think it's something we need to pay attention to. With that said, Joy Hawkins reached out because Joy is very active in the local SEO space, uh, reached out to Google. And uh, Google said that the survey was just one effort for them to help understand how they can bring more value to users. I think it's conceivably possible this was just one employee's idea um, and that doesn't mean that Google is going to uh, uh, all of a sudden start taking SEO away from SEOs. Um, Joy's translation is that this is nothing to panic about. It's just a survey. Don't worry. Worth mentioning though because this could be something that could come up in the future. 
Speaking of Google My Business, we reported, I believe, last week that um, a lot of sites that had received Google My Business suspensions lost all of their reviews or a good chunk of their reviews once they were suspended. When their uh, listings came back online, they had no reviews or much few, may, many more fewer reviews than uh, before. And uh, this seems to be fixing itself. So most, what Joy said was, most users who experience their reviews vanish after a suspension are starting starting to see about half of them return. So we don't know if all of them are coming back here. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, if this is happening to you, we've got more stuff in the newsletter about this. So I would encourage you to, uh, uh, to read that and to also, um, Joy's got some great resources as well, which we've linked to from within uh, the newsletter. And one final thing that will end uh, with a really cool tool. Uh, I didn't know this. Google Analytics has a browser add-on, very similar to what we were talking about uh, before, where you can opt out of um, Google Analytics from the perspective of somebody who's searching. Uh, and so this is really handy for SEO companies. Actually, it's a good idea, right? Because if you're working on a small business website, let's say they get 100 um, you know, page views a day for a particular page you're working on, it's it's conceivably possible that as an SEO, you could look at that page 50 times, um, you know, in the space of a day and really, really skew the Google Analytics data. Uh, so you might want to consider installing this Google Analytics um, opt-out browser add-on so that you're not skewing your client's data or even or data or even your own uh, data in Google Analytics. Of course, you can set up filters um, to exclude your IP. Uh, that's definitely something that you can do as well. Um, this is interesting to see. You know, we don't want to we don't want to muddy up the data, uh, especially if somebody you know somebody like me who looks at why did traffic drop uh, is trying to figure things out. Um, it's good to have the most accurate data that we can. And we made it through. That's all that we have for this week. Um, I wanted to say it just got announced today that uh, I am so uh, proud of this. I'm so excited that I'm going to be speaking at MozCon this year. I've been to MozCon many, many years. Uh, and every year I sit there and I say, one day I want to be on that stage. And uh, I'm so excited about it. I'm going to be talking about EAT. I'm also talking about EAT at uh, Search Love in Boston coming up in June. MozCon is in July in Seattle. Um, if you're interested in going to either of those conferences and you have questions about them, then uh, probably the best way to reach out to me for a question like that is Twitter. I'm at uh, Marie underscore Haynes, and uh, I'd be happy to answer your questions about um, my thoughts on certain conferences, and hopefully I will get to see some of you at these conferences. Um, I just want to remind you, those of you who are listening to podcasts, that we are now publishing this along with each newsletter episode. Uh, so if, you know, it's one thing you can subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you uh, get your podcasts, but you can also just listen to it right from the newsletter on our website. So that's kind of cool. Um, and as always, if any of you have the time to leave us a review um, uh, of, of the podcast, or if we've worked with you even on our Google My Business profile, we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. So that's all that we have to talk about this week, which is a lot of stuff. I really hope that we don't have any more Google bugs. I hope things sort of get back to normal in a very, very quick time. Um, but until then, I really wish you the best of luck with your rankings, and hopefully we will get to talk soon.